the city of Ottawa was looking to prohibit and prevent rent evictions. So basically, if you have a rental unit that requires repairs, right, and, and, need, and really needs, it's legit, uh, they were going to make it very difficult for you to do it. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Hey, it's Sarah Larby. You are listening to Where Should I Invest? And today's guest is Tony Miller. He's been a prior guest before. He is a real estate investor in Ottawa, has now also shifted to the private lending world and became a private lender. So if you are interested in learning about that, um, that is going to be a great show. And we also cover um, exactly why he is leaving um, investing in Ottawa from an active standpoint uh, and why he decided to go this route instead. Um, lots of great information. And then we talked about uh, some of the bylaws, new regulations that are coming into play specifically in Ottawa, but it also is pertinent to other parts of the country as well. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Before we do that, though, let's hear from Streetwise Mortgages. Dahlia, what is exciting? What's new? What do we need to know from a financing standpoint? Over to you. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. As mortgage qualifications have tightened for residential properties between one and four units due to the rising interest rates, you may find it harder to switch lenders for better terms at renewals or qualify for the full mortgage amount on a purchase or a refinance. You may also find that you have to switch from an A lender to a B lender or from a B lender to a private mortgage at higher costs to get your deals done. Under the regular residential mortgage qualifications, the lenders typically look at your personal income, any rental income you earn, along with any debts that are on your balance sheet. They look at these things to approve the file and basically if the numbers do not fit within their guidelines of gross debts and total debt coverage, they will typically cut down the loan amount or decline the deal altogether. I am about to share with you today some new programs that are available to you on the street to overcome the approval hurdles. As the lenders under these programs are able to go above their typical guidelines of gross debts and total debt coverage to approve the deals. So let's take a quick dive into these programs and I would love to highlight for you the things that matter that can help you. The first program is called the Net Worth and Wealth-Based Program. Under that program, lenders would take into consideration any non-real estate assets that you own, including registered, non-registered investments, and of course, cash. Some lenders will lend dollar for dollar against this net worth above and beyond what you would qualify for under the typical guidelines. And some lenders would take a percentage of that net worth and add it back to your income to help qualify the deal. The second set of programs are called the extended ratios programs. Very technical term here. Under these programs, the lenders would basically approve your file if the ratios are high, but up to a certain limit. And for doing that, they will add what's called a rate premium to the interest rate. So essentially, you're going to get your deal approved, but you're going to pay a little more from an interest rate standpoint. The third program is for self-employed clients. So if you are self-employed, some, some banks right now are offering programs that allow adding a percentage of your corporate net income after taxes or professional income from the corporation to your personal income to help you qualify. Lastly, commercial financing for residential properties. Under the commercial option, we can actually look at your residential portfolio as a business and see if we can support the requested loan amount. There is also CMHC insured options for properties that are at five units or above, or properties that are adjacent to each other. For example, if you have two fourplexes that are 
sharing the property line or are next to each other, we can look at that under commercial financing as an eight units apartment building. I would suggest though, using commercial financing as a last resort after exhausting all of your residential options, because under this option, you will encounter higher costs. Your amortization will tend to be shorter than 30 years unless you qualify for the CMHC programs. And options under the commercial umbrella are limited for smaller loan amounts below a million dollars. And here is something that investors don't think about thoroughly. In commercial financing, if we're financing residential properties under these guidelines, the lenders will tend to tag what's called a blanket commercial mortgage on your properties. And what that means is that it's, it's, it's a mortgage that's going to tie your properties at the hip under one mortgage. So this limits your flexibility down the road. So it's something important to consider. These new solutions that I've highlighted for you today are making it possible for investors to continue to scale, consolidate debts, and switch lenders to save on renewals. They're also available for primary residences and rentals. So if you feel that you have hit a wall with financing due to the changing lending environment today, I invite you to explore these options, which can unlock new possibilities for you reach out to my team at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Thanks, Dahlia. Lots of great information, guys. Reach out to Streetwise Mortgages. And uh, now we're going to bring in Tony Miller. But if you haven't left a review or a rating and you have uh, Apple Podcasts or you have Stitcher or any of that good stuff, please leave a review. That will help other people find the podcast a lot more easily. And check out the website, sarahlarby.com. So there's lots of new webinars, lots of new events, retreats, different things that we're doing. If you are interested in coming out live or attending a webinar or joining us in the Real Estate Investing Academy, there's lots of great options at sarahlarby.com. Now let's bring in Tony. Tony Miller, welcome back. How are you? Great to be here, Sarah. How are you? Good. I think last time it was, what, a year ago, a year and a half ago, maybe that last time that you were on the podcast. About that, yeah, it was. We were talking about a variety of things, if I remember right, and and we just spent the first twenty minutes before hopping on air here, chatting and ranting about a bunch of stuff. So it's great to be here. Nice to see you. Awesome. Yes, we were chatting about our, our fitness schedules, <laughs> our gym schedules, and then some stuff that's happening from a real estate standpoint. Yeah. So you're an absolute beast. You're an absolute beast out there, going five, what, seven days a week. You said like that's that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I usually will do like 13 out of 14 days because there's a, always a random day that for some reason I'm just not around or or whatnot. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, en I enjoy I enjoy working out. I enjoy the energy that it provides, uh, the clarity afterwards. Um, and I think because it's like so F45 and you kind of go like cardio and then you just strength the next day, the next day it's cardio. It kind of goes back and forth. And sometimes it's just upper body. Sometimes it's just lower body. So in a sense, like you could kind of rest, like they say you have, you have to have one day rest, right? I'm kind of resting some part of my body yeah. at some point. Yeah. <laughs> this is, you're resting right now. You're sitting down, you're just chatting. It's yeah. recuperation time, right? It's, it's, your muscles are enjoying this. So I just have to ask, so like if you're working out seven days a week, when people go to your beach retreats, are they obligated to participate in those workouts with you? So my, so the retreats, we are going to have some yoga classes on demand. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to like, actually I, I, I recruited or I'm talking to somebody in F45 to potentially do some fitness stuff at the resort. Cause there's no like nice. F45 gym. Um, and my cottage, which is essentially where I spend the summer is like about 20 minutes from Peterborough and they do have an F45 there. So, um, so to answer your question is when I have friends over that come to my cottage, uh, yes, I do make them get up with me. <laughs> and then we basically all go to F45 together. <laughs> uh, and then sometimes I can't walk for a few days afterwards. So Yeah. Yeah. And are they are are they aware of this before they sign up to go? Yeah. Or is it, you just bring it on them? Uh, yeah. No, it's like, I mean, look, the more I know you, the more that you're going to be like coming regardless of what you say. <laughs> uh, my friends that like, you know, are coming up for the first time. Maybe I'll give them a break. But, uh, yeah. you know, like. 
the ones that are coming over and back over and over. I'm like, make sure you bring your shoes. And, yeah, you know, and yeah. if they don't, well, you're only going to work out in socks because they're calling anyways. So, but you know yeah. what? I, I, um, I enjoy it, but I also uh, love, and I think you're kind of like me. I love food, like love, love, love food. I love eating. I like trying different things. I love restaurants. Um, and then, you know, I like, I don't want to have to, you know, pick and choose what I want to eat. <laughs> no, no. And, and you're right. And, and working out and, and I think it's, it's a really great way, a really great setup that you have with your, with your retreats and the cottage and your lifestyle. I think what you're living today is what a lot of people aspire to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Thank you. And then hopefully well, we'll see you at the resort this, this yes, summer. Got lots of yes, great things. But, sure. uh, but today's about you. Today is about what you've been up to since the last time you've been on, what's happening uh, in the areas that we're looking at from a real estate standpoint. I mean, you're, you're in Ottawa. You also run uh, the Association for Landlords in Ottawa, so we can talk about that. Um, but first and foremost, you know what's what's new and exciting in your in your life since the last, uh, I guess, let's call it year and a half. Well, in in my life, I guess a year and a half. It's I've really picked up like yourself. I've really started working out much more, and that's what we were talking about before. So yeah. that's really, and you mentioned the word clarity, and I think that's a really that really captures a lot of the impact that working out has, at least on my end. And, um, uh, apart from that, you know, it's, I really, I think last time I was on, I mentioned that I changed my real estate, my realtor business sort of thing. I was stepping away from various affiliations and, uh, didn't, didn't have the drive to continue moving forward and trying to build the business. And I'm continuing that path. I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, and everything's going well that way. And most of my efforts when it comes to real estate, apart from doing uh, a few deals with uh, helping clients, uh, I've been doing some private money lending, which is, which is great. I'm happy with that as well. And uh, really focusing my time at the Ottawa Small Landlords Association, trying to educate landlords, Ottawa-based landlords, or people who are investing in, land, in Ottawa, uh, the rules and regulations that are happening there, in addition to some LTV stuff. So it's the business of landlording here. So I'm spending a lot of time doing, doing that type of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't know if you get paid for this. I'm going to guess probably you're doing it of the goodness of your own heart <laughs> for the majority of the time. And it's and it's a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. It's, but, you know, we all we all thank you for it. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, people are uh, I have something set up, you know, where people can can donate or buy me a coffee or whatever it is, some, some type of app like that. But yeah, I, I enjoy it. And it's also, it's a tie into the other things that I'm doing being a realtor, but I'm working with investors only. I need to know right. what's going on out there. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm best positioned to help them uh, and, and re- represent their interests the best way I can. So that's helpful. And with the, the Ottawa real estate investors conference as well, that ties into that part. Uh, so yeah, it's it's all good. I'm I'm happy to do it, and uh, it, probably similar to to your to your podcast and and what you're doing is you don't always get feedback from mm-hmm. people, and you don't always know who's watching or who's right. listening. Right. And uh, there's probably a lot of people watching and listening that you don't know. Eh? Mm-hmm. Like the numbers are, are quite Definitely. high. So and people are. I know some. I know people are 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 uh, happy with with some of the stuff that they're getting from us. So. Yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. Okay. All right, cool. So, you know, obviously there's been a lot of changes uh from a real estate standpoint with the increased in rates and a lot of unknowns and I think a lot of rules and regulations that have come into play and are continuing to come into play. Um and I find it interesting too that you're also a private lender. So that's, you know, your choice of investing in a sense. <laughs> but we'll get to that in a minute. But <laughs> <laughs> what are what are some of you know big changes? I mean, you're in Ottawa. You're predominantly your investors are predominantly in that region as well. Um, I think we were just talking about this before. Like in terms of regulations, like you guys are up there with municipalities. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, it, an argument can be made that other municipalities are doing the same thing, but I think Ottawa, perhaps Toronto, are the leaders in in what's moving forward in terms of rental housing regulations and housing regulations that impact housing providers. And, you know, they're not specific to rental housing, but there, there are other regulations that can add cost and red tape and, and stuff. So yeah, Ottawa's really, uh, years ago, I used to be able to 
pop on a stage somewhere and say, hey, yeah, come to Ottawa. We're, we're somewhat landlord friendly and, you know, the, the environment itself is good. And yeah, come on out. You, you'll do well. It's a stable market. It's a, it's a decent market. We have 160,000 federal government jobs. We got a high tech se- sector. Uh, come on out. You know, it's stable. Um, now, and people think I'm crazy for saying this, and I know some Ottawa realtors give me a hard time because I say it, but I, I, I tell people, go put your money elsewhere. Don't come to Ottawa. You know, it's like I'm turning away business or potential business, perhaps, but I don't want to BS anybody. It's if I'm, if I'm not willing to park my money here in Ottawa, I have to be upfront with, us, with the people I'm representing as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really because of the, the number of regulations that have come into play since 2019 here in Ottawa. So give us like a couple examples of what these regulations look like. Sure. Uh, let's start with the rental housing property management bylaw that came into place. So it's a, uh, what is it in Toronto? Rent safe Toronto. I forget what it's called in Toronto. They have a program there. Uh, so it's, it's basically everything uh, in the bylaw except for licensing and registration. Okay. So there's no landlord licensing or registration yet. But yeah, in this I feel like is the big word. <laughs> it's coming. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's on the radar. And that's interesting though. I got some news for that. Um, so in this bylaw, we have a bunch of documents that landlords have to create, maintain, provide to tenants. Tenants have to sign, have to acknowledge. We have tenant registries, service requests, uh, documents for tenants. And you, every, even Ottawa community housing has to do it. So there's that one. And it's not so much, once you have it set up, it's okay. For, but for small landlords, it's more the setup. It's, it's a pain in the butt to do. Because uh, bigger landlords already have their systems. They have the electronic systems in place for all this type of stuff. Uh, so smaller landlords, it's a bit of a pain to set up. Once you got it going, it's, it's not so bad. Uh, but it is a pain, right? It's one of those mm-hmm. geese. These, uh, it, it's not an incentive to, to come in and, and invest in Ottawa. I will say though, that it is good. It's a good argument that by law for not implementing landlord licensing, because most of the calls for landlord licensing from tenant advocates and housing advocates is because of derelict buildings or landlords who aren't maintaining their properties. Well, that type of thing. Well, this bylaw gives tenants the power to you know, call by law and there's fines associated and landlords are expected to maintain their properties to a certain standard beyond the property standards bylaw that we have mm. in Ottawa, if that makes sense. So another one is a, well, you know, the, the short-term rental bylaw that's in play. Now we have the vacant unit tax bylaw. We so, have the- So what is, okay, wait, so let's just like, just quickly, let's go through each one. So um, short-term rental bylaw, every municipality has some changes in how they do it. What, what is Ottawa's? As an example, so Ottawa is uh, uh, less than 30 days, uh, less than 30 nights, sorry. Uh, and there are some uh, some exemptions, but you have to be it has to be your principal residence. OK, that's that's your that's your rent. And it sounds you like get... that's that principal residence thing is, is what's coming down in a lot of other municipalities in terms of what can be done, not done. And then I don't know if there's a certain limit of number of days and, and whatnot as well. And now just a quick pause to hear from the midterm rental tip of the week. Aisha, over to you. Welcome to your midterm tip of the week. Today we talk about what a midterm rental is. A midterm rental is a furnished property that is set up in a similar way to a short-term rental. However, this particular property caters to specific guests wanting to stay 30 days or more with a specific reason for renting and a predetermined start and end date to their visit. They can also be referred to as executive rentals, corporate rentals, medium-term rentals, month-to-month rentals, and extended stays. They are more hands-on than a long-term rental, but less intensive than a short-term rental. The cash flow is better than a long-term rental, but not as high as a short-term rental. They currently sit in a nice gray zone between the short-term bylaws and the Landlord-Tenant Board RTA rules. For more information on midterm rentals, please visit www.midtermrentalproperties.com. Awesome, guys. Reach out to midtermrentalproperties.com for additional information. Back to the show. 
Not in Ottawa. No, okay. uh, they, they, they didn't do that in Ottawa, but I know it's elsewhere. You know, I, I think one of the things that we really wanted to see was allowing secondary dwelling units, legal units, or maybe even just, you know, uh, secondary suites in general to be used by homeowners as short-term rentals. As long as they get a permit, like go ahead, but they banned that as well. And so that was, that was a bit of a pain in the butt, but yeah, it's effectively, um, I won't say killed short-term rentals in Ottawa, but it's, there's really, I don't know how people are going to make money doing it here, you know? Right. Um, so that's what's happening there. Okay. Uh, about the vacant tax you mentioned? Oh, okay. If you how, do you, how do you monitor? really feel about it? <laughs> if I had a heart monitor on right now, you'd see my, like going through the roof with the vacant unit tax. So the vacant unit tax, uh, it's a very long story, but it's essentially, it's, if anybody, um, if there are a bunch of exemptions again, but it's really targeting secondary properties owned by small landlords, uh, who are leaving them vacant for over 184 days annually. Uh, it, regardless if, it, if it's really meant for secondary properties, every homeowner in the city of Ottawa has to complete it. Uh, the, the declarations every year, and that's really angered residents here. A lot of people are not happy with that. Uh, it's really, it's unfortunate because the city moved ahead without figuring out if they have a problem or not. Is there, you know, what problem are you trying to fix? And we don't know if, the, if Ottawa has a vacant unit problem. And we told them, no, we don't. When I say we, Osla, Ottawa Real Estate Board, uh, Home Builders Association, the, all the real estate groups saying, no, like, yeah, of course there are some vacant units, but we don't have a huge problem like in Toronto or maybe Vancouver. Mm -hmm. uh, but Ottawa went, decided to go with the, with the heavy handed approach and went all in. Uh, with mandatory declarations. Uh, I asked for an exemption to include uh, an exemption for the LTV. So people who, um, small landlords who are leaving their units vacant because of the LTV, they don't want to rent it out until the LTV gets fixed. They uh, they said, no, no. You got to learn how to screen tenants better, they said. So that was... That was that. But, so, but you, but you can't get a property and purchase a property and ask for the tenant to to vacate if it's not going to be for you to move in. So, like, where, like, you know, it's a it's a catch twenty two. It is. It is. It's really, um, there are, there are so many things wrong with this bylaw. But let me explain it in, in yeah. one way, if I can. Is that the bylaw? The only way the bylaw can be successful is if units are less vacant in the first place. That's it, because they're trying to raise as much money as possible for affordable housing, right? And so the only way they can do that is if units are vacant. They're only going to, over five or six years, Sarah, I think the number of vacant units that will become occupied is 543. So they, the city implement decided to move forward and they really didn't know what they were trying to fix or how many problems or what kind of problems there were. They made it retroactive to 2022 as well. That's another problem. Why didn't they just make it for 2023? They didn't consult the public properly. That was another uh, issue that came up. And uh, being involved in the stakeholder stuff behind the scenes with the city, there's other things that happened, I know. Um, but anyways, we're supposed to know in probably September, October, uh, how it went in terms of the number of people who mm -hmm. declared how many vacant units there are. The city staff are supposed to provide a report at that time. I'm not, uh, I'm expecting a lot of spin in it and, uh, uh, we'll see. Hopefully I know some counselors are not happy with it. They told me like they'd like to rescind it, but. Hey, it's politics, eh? Well, especially when it comes to affordable housing, are they really going to pull the plug? I don't think so. I mean, unfortunately, I think what the aftermath of this is, is people are saying, well, Ottawa's coming with a ton of regulations, ton of additional bylaws. Um, you know, if they don't want us here, why do we keep trying to invest here? Let's take our money elsewhere. Let's take our money yeah. out of Canada. Let's take our money out of Ontario. And I think we're seeing more and more of this, probably more so, I want to say, in the last six to nine months. People saying, you know what, all these regulations just like it's becoming a point where it doesn't make sense anymore. They're trying to do something, but they're also Ill, like like alienating us by 
you know, it's a stick versus the carrot, but why don't you try to create some incentives? Um, yeah, because ultimately sure. what's going to happen is the rents, there's going to be less and less to rents. People are going to, you know, unfortunately investors are business people and, or, or fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to, like from a, you know, from my point of view, I'm going to take my money elsewhere. I'm not just going to say too bad. Well, I guess I'm going to mm. like now make a lot less money based on these investments and these new rules than I was making before. No, I'm going yeah. to take money and I'm going to sell the house. Or I'm going to do something and I'm going to invest somewhere else as yeah. a worst case scenario. And in addition to the vacant unit tax, get this, right? And and they decided at the same time, just two months later, they decided to go with the vacant property bylaw, uh, which is a which is a, a landlord licensing bylaw, effectively. So if you own a property, let's say a single family home, and it's completely vacant for 120 days, consecutive days, you have to go get a license for $1,600 at the, at the city. And this applies to builders as well, like their tracts of land, each lot that they own that is vacant because it applies to land. So if a builder owns 200 lots and each one is vacant, because you know, the app takes a while to get mm-hmm. everything going. Uh, and permits, it takes a long time to get permits so you can start building. And so can you imagine the costs? Like, and this is a yearly fee that they have to pay. So it, the, the costs really add up. And the thing with the vacant property bylaw is that it there is no renovations exemption. So my clients and some people that you know are doing secondary dwelling units or buying a single family or semi-detached. They want to convert the basement. We need it vacant to be able to do that, to convert the basement to two extra units. Uh, if it's vacant for more than 120 consecutive days, you got to pay 1600 bucks. It, and we're creating units or creating housing, but they're penalizing you for doing that. Mm-hmm. And you know how long it takes to do secondary dwelling units, at least here in Ottawa, you're looking at three to eight months, depending on supply Getting, chain and contractors yeah, and everything. And not only that, but before you get permits, you're probably not every municipality, some are better than others, but you're like, pro- on average, I'm guess, guess two to three months before your permits are ready to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I guess I'll touch on one more bylaw, if that's okay, if we have time, is the, uh, the, the city of Ottawa was looking to prohibit and prevent rent evictions. So basically, if you have a rental unit that requires repairs, right, and, and, need, and really needs, it's legit, uh, they were going to make it very difficult for you to do it um, or prevent you from doing it. And it, it, it's very, I, I, I was, I was kind of gobsmacked. And even now I'm sort of like lost for words when I'm talking. Why would they do that? One, it's a provincial responsibility. But two, they wanted to, at the, at the municipal level, have a bylaw that would restrict and prevent us from doing renovations, needed, you know, um, ones that require building permits mm-hmm. and everything. And so uh, the city solicitor went away, did some research. He came back in a report and said, the city does not have the legal authority to do that, to write a bylaw and outright restrict mm-hmm. or sorry, prevent, but they can make it difficult. For landlords, they can maybe uh, create a fund for tenants to use to fight the evictions if if it comes up for for N13s. Uh, they could use it to um, uh, uh, house tenants in other units that come up, uh, that type of thing, right? Help with their moving costs. They can force landlords to do that, uh, and we're starting to see some of that stuff like already at the municipal mm-hmm. level, like in terms of memorandum of understandings and agreements. So yeah, it's, 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 it's not very, it's not very, uh, friendly, uh, during that rent evictions, uh, bylaw, uh, discussion, I asked in a letter, if counselors would write to the province and ask them to fix the LTB, the landlord and tenant board, Mm -hmm. right? If you're going to have these type of policies, well, and you're expecting tenants to have recourse for them, right? Because if they don't, yeah. well, they need someplace to go. Uh, well, fi- tell them to fix the LTB. There's no point in adding all these new bylaws and restrictions at the provincial level and at the municipal level if the LTB is not functioning properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said no. Hmm. No, no. But they, support, nice. they support the delays. 
And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, just want to take a moment and introduce you to one of my favorite paralegals, Andrew Chubetta. With over a combined decade of experience, Caveat LLP provides legal assistance for real estate investors and entrepreneurs, primarily practicing in the areas of landlord and tenant law. Caveat LLP is your one-stop shop when dealing with all of your tenant issues. Give them a call for a free consultation at 289-339-1311. That is Caveat LLP. Andrew Chubetta has been instrumental in helping me as a landlord and as a real estate investor, and I'm sure he can help you as well. Again, that's 289-339-1311. And now back to the show. But it's nice that you're like actively, you know, pursuing and and trying to, you know, make some sense out of it for a lot of investors in in Ottawa. Like, I feel like you're the Kayla uh, of the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of the West or of, of the East, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, Kayla does great work out there, eh? She's She's been at it for a long time and has done an amazing job. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, okay, so when somebody's coming to you, are there municipalities or regions or, I don't know, something out of Ottawa that you're like, look at this area instead? They don't have the same bylaws. Mm-hmm. Like, do you yeah. recommend any other areas? Uh, sure. Well, I think the the first thing that we look at is, well, what are they trying to achieve, what their goals are and mm-hmm. how much money they have and everything. And uh, long term rentals might not be their thing, but they're maybe they're interested in some creative real estate here in Ottawa, which might be doable. Okay. Right. So maybe it's wholesaling, maybe it's some flips, uh, depending on the market and, and the type of property and everything. So there, we still look at that. Maybe they're interested in in commercial. Uh, you know, something, and I'm not talking, uh, I'm not talking, it could be, yeah, well, multi, it could be multi-use as well, okay. or uh, that type of thing, rather than just plain old residential. Like uh, residential I would get on in, top and then some like, you know, commercial, commercial yeah. like office type of space or. Sure. Yeah. Grocery bottom. store on the bottom, something like that. I wouldn't get into plain old residential anymore here, at least myself. And, and industrial, like if you have mm-hmm. the knowledge and you have the know-how and if you're mm-hmm. interested in that type of thing, well, heck, go do some industrial. Industrial is huge demand here in Ottawa right now. Uh, I think it's, I mean, the, the right type and in light industrial, I think there's huge demand, like probably in the majority of Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, that's really cool. So outside of that, I'm, I'm saying get out of Ontario and Alberta is one, uh, especially when it for the for the landlord rules, which are a little bit more permissive, or a lot more permissive or friendlier, I should say. And but I'm I'm I don't know about you, but I'm starting like I don't know the market. I don't know Calgary and Alberta, Airdrie, and mm-hmm. and so relying on people there. And I know it's it fluctuates; it goes up and down um, quite a bit. Uh, so there's pros and cons. There is really pros and cons to every market. Like I I still like Ontario. Like, do I mm-hmm. love all the new regulations and policy? I mean, I think. I think Ottawa, like I, that Ottawa is probably not a place I would personally invest in. That's just me. But mm-hmm. I still think there are areas that make sense. And I don't think that Edmonton and Alberta, if you're holding this for the long term in 10 years from now, is going to do as well as Ontario regardless. Yeah. So, but but Alberta mm-hmm. and, you know, Calgary, Edmonton in there, and, and I'm sure there's lots of other towns that do well, have a lot better landlord tenant system. Uh, and it's definitely more centralized than, you know, everything going to the tenants' favors all the time. Yeah. And there are deals to be had in Ottawa in the residential area, residential mm-hmm. zones, right? If you're looking to get into that type of investment, I'm not saying that there isn't. It just depends how much BS you want to put up with and, yeah. you know, how much you want to tolerate. Outside of Alberta, uh, it starts going down to the U.S., Florida, Arizona, uh, you've probably seen the ads if you're, if you're on Facebook at all, uh, not so much Twitter, but Facebook and maybe even Instagram, you're seeing ads for Costa Rica is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Canadian population down there is growing, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Panama, Panama, Colombia, Central America in general, Europe. I saw one ad, Sarah, for Africa. I, I screenshotted it. I have it. I'll send it to you. You know, you know who invests in Africa? So, you know, Andrew Chubetta caveat LLP he's got like multi-family in Ethiopia but I think I think he's got family there so it's a little easier <laughs> but, but I'm because at one time because he was on my podcast I'm like 
you know, if somebody wants to invest in in Ethiopia, what do you tell them? They're like, don't. He's like, don't do it. <laughs> the only reason, the only reason is because he's got like feet on the street there that he trusts. Yes. Kind of stuff, yes. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah. It's different, uh, different risk level tolerance for different people and different opportunities, I think. But you're, you're doing private lending now. So why So why did you go that route? Because all the um, BS you see. <laughs> well, I think I got tired of, of just, in general, I'm tired of real estate. Of, okay. You know, and everything on my Facebook feed, everything, wherever I go, it's it's always real estate, real estate. And, and one reason why I sort of slowed down or stopped growing my realtor business is because of that. You know, I just... Just tired of it. Want to want to do something a little bit different and slow things down. So that was one reason. I didn't want to be a landlord anymore. I don't want to do property management anymore. Um, and uh, I just thought, okay, well, let's do some private money lending. And I'm getting good returns. I, I would I would argue that more people who are doing joint ventures starting out should get into private money first. Uh, private money lending first because the returns can be just as good without the hassle like if you're not if you're not a you're not a working partner and you're you know depending on your split and all the other variables that go into it you're still going to make really mm -hmm. good returns and you don't have you, sure you don't own a property but it's all about how much money you can make in the end I, i'm mm -hmm. doing just as well there without the hassle i'm taking a course uh, chad robinson's having a course at the end of this month uh for private money lending and this is a refresher for me because it's been a while, eh? And just learn and connect with some new lawyers and and finance people as well. So I'm looking forward to that. So that's that's really the reason why. And um, yeah, it's I, I enjoy it. You know, it's uh, it's fairly straightforward. No, absolutely. I mean, there's there's different ways that you can you can invest in real estate, and that you're probably picking one of the most passive ways. Again, pros and cons to every strategy. Yeah. Just, just so if somebody wants to do essentially something similar to, to what you're doing right now with private lending, like what are some of the things that you look for, like, you know, property wise, deal wise or investor wise that you can maybe give some insights, on, uh, you know, to somebody that may be thinking, OK, I want to have some money. I don't want to do a deal per se, but maybe you want to private lend. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I'm looking for deals. Well, you mentioned the three areas, the property, the people and the deal. Uh, so those are the three things at a high level that that we look at. And one is the location. I prefer to do lending here in the Ottawa area. And number two, the people are people who I know have had a, a success and I, I've known for a while and I, I trust them. It doesn't mean I don't verify the information because, you know, if they're friends, it doesn't matter if they're friends, I'm still going to tear them apart and in a nice way, I mean, like looking through, asking for all the documentation and do my due diligence properly. Um, and I'm also looking at shorter term. Uh, most people who are borrowing money would like to have it for long term. I'm the opposite. I, you know, six months, maybe a year, mm -hmm. depending. First, first position uh, is basically what I, what I go for. I'm open to seconds as well, if, if, if it makes sense. Sometimes if the, if the, if the rates are high enough and the terms are good, I don't even ask for an upfront fee in some cases, right? You know, you ask for the, for the lender fee and everything. It all, it's all part of that negotiation thing. Um, so those are, you know, location, property deals. It, I, I wasn't really into the syndicate mortgage. Like I'm talking like the big guys and I got into one in Miami and it's doing great. It's doing well with 20%. Uh, you know, return. So well, that's pretty good. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, and the reason I don't like the bigger guys is because I don't feel I can do my due diligence properly on them. Right, right, right. I, I, it's all about when it comes down to who you choose in that regard, it comes down to who you know and who is running it. Mm -hmm. And you try to, you know, try to get some information in their history and, and feedback, that type of thing. Uh, I would invest with them again if I had to opt to because it's been really smooth and it's been really good. Uh, but typically the smaller landlords are, or investors are the ones I, I don't want because it's just easier to do due diligence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Did I, yeah, no, that's, yeah, I mean, that, like everyone's yeah. going to have their criteria. So it's good that you have yours and, you know, like it's, uh, there's lots, there's lots of, of money lenders out there. I mean, there's like the, the private lenders that are, you know, you know, small, small guys like, like you and I. Uh, or there's institutional lenders that do this for a living, you know, to like, 
with funds and, and all that stuff and then some yeah. people in between. So everyone's got, you know, different ways to, to lend. But I do agree with you. Like, you know, there should be an exit to that money, yeah. especially because it's exactly. more expensive money. So what but is that? You say that you're doing it too, right? Yeah, I mean, I was doing it more now, like in the past, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I actually was doing it more for students uh, of mine, uh, like as, yeah. a, as a second on properties that I pretty yeah. much knew it's what they were buying. So <laughs> um, that's but, true. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I'm I'm mostly I'm mostly active active in in actual deals now. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're buying up all the cottage resorts. Leave some just, for the rest of us. I actually just want one resort. <laughs> <laughs> I think one resort is going to be plenty because we're going to yeah. do because like it's it's a it's a real estate transaction, but it's it becomes a business when it's finished, right? And then you got to run the business. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. I'm gonna have some fun with that. I think it'll be good. We're gonna do some retreats, different events. People can book it for their own events. Like I don't know, it, it's fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the summer. Yeah. Why do you think that's become popular? Like I've seen a few other people. I won't say a few. I, I've seen others like who are getting into that realm right mm -hmm. they, they're they buy they're buying a cottage i won't say a full resort but you know they have a couple of cottages side by side and they're mm -hmm. hosting events why is that more popular today than it was before covid at least in my view at least from what yeah. i've seen and now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors experience inspire beach resort it is the resort that we have been building and it is ready so if you are looking to host events team building opportunities retreats of your own and just even potentially hang out with your friends or family or colleagues you can rent out a cabin you can rent out the entire resort inspire beach resort it is an adults only it is canada's only themed resort specifically for adults and the themes are really nice they're really upscale like you have like the beach theme you've got a rustic lodge theme and a vintage hollywood and we are adding more every year but there is uh, an awesome space that is on the water to host your retreats your events your business meetings planning meetings all of that good stuff so check that out inspirebeachresorts.com now back to the show i mean i think i think with the pandemic what happened and it's not necessarily the case anymore today but everybody ended up renting cottages and people that had cottages myself included we moved there and we had a great time and we we're so thankful for the cottage but the, the money was amazing like when we did rent it uh we bought a second one in 2021 and then we bought the resort also in 2021 yeah 2021 um but i think the biggest thing is just people saw that there was an opportunity to create some really good cash flow um, and then I think the other piece of it is um, people were not traveling as much, so they were staying more local. And so that was, you know, that was booming those areas. And then I think it became more and more, again, I could be wrong, but I think, you know, our generation uh, is looking more for experiences, right? That's where the money is going. Not so much like the stuff anymore, but like what are some mm. cool experiences, bucket list items. Mm -hmm. And and resorts and boutique resorts, um, you know, definitely have uh, created a whole new realm of things. I mean, I think people are sick of just the standard hotels. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. even like you look at some Airbnbs and just based on some of the cool, unique features that they have, like that Airbnb probably is going to do better. Like I look at my one of my Airbnbs that has a game room. It's the whole entire garage is a games room. And yes, it has a hot tub as well, which was a big thing. but. You know, it's got like foosball, it has ping pong, it has like a basketball game. Like that place is always rented versus my other one, um, which I use personally as well. And I, you know, I enjoy it. We come up in the summer, but we rent it in the winter and it doesn't do as well because there's no hot tub and there's yeah. no games room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <But> sometimes <laughs> having those additional things and, and creating those experiences is a, bit, is a big thing. The resort itself is going to have, you know, every cabin has its own private hot tub. It's, it's going to have a sauna. It's beachfront. Like it's, it's a cool spot. Um, so it, it should do well too. Like we're just in a weird spot, I think right now with the economy and people not having maybe as much disposable income, uh, as they had a year ago, mm -hmm. it's increasing obviously, but mm -hmm. it'll come back. Yeah. And I'm seeing a lot of people spend, people have money. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I'm looking around and people are still spending or planning trips or gone away on vacation or buying new cars. There's a lot of discretionary money out there. People eating out. Mm -hmm. buying little toys, that type of thing, which is great. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, the people, a lot of people are talking about the economy. 
going to tank, going to potty. But at the same time, I'm on the flip side, I'm seeing all these other things happening, which is kind of contradictory, but I'm not an economist. I don't, I won't pretend to know what's going on out there, but yeah, it's great that they, that people think of your type of resort and, and want to stay there. It's, mm -hmm. it's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same as you. I, I'm sort of, when I'm going out, I, I don't, I don't love hotels, but I've, I've had good hold. I've had good op, um, experiences at Airbnbs and I've had some bad ones as well. Um, yeah. and, and hotels, it depends as long as there's no hockey teams, you know, low kid hockey <laughs> teams staying at the hotel. I'm, I'm good. I'm good to go for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about your events. Uh, I don't know when it is, but you ha you're having Arlene come back. Arlene Dickinson. Oh, uh, yeah, no, she, she's not coming back. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So she's, she was there in 2020. Got it. And, uh, and fantastic. And it was just at the right, we were, we were so lucky because she came in right before COVID, like oh, two, three weeks before okay. COVID. And we got that event in and, and it was a really good, uh, theme in terms of, it was called reinvention. And that's what we want. You know, people who are changing, you know, doing different things, you know, mm -hmm. want to try different things and from investing to family to life in general, you know, what, let's bring her in. And that would be a nice, and she's a businesswoman, of course. Right. So it all tied in nicely. And, and she was really nice. I, I don't know, our, our, we took, because of COVID, Sue and I, Sue Hamid, who's a co-founder of, of the conference, uh, we took a couple years off. We decided this year to hold off as well. Okay. Because we weren't sure. We, we just weren't sure what was going to happen. Got and it. so And so next year, or maybe even later this year, we might pick up and do something in the fall, uh, but probably in, in 2024. And it's, it's a different format. It's not the... Uh, it, it's, it's sort of, we have a couple of investing tracks, right? Mm -hmm. And it could be, you know, what's happening, short-term rental. And there's short, fast talks, you know, like an hour and a half sort of thing. Uh, we have uh, the afternoon is we have uh, politicians come in, elected officials, uh, explaining to us why we should invest in their wards, mm -hmm. what's going on there, economic growth and population and new activities and uh, then we have a chance to ask some questions, Sarah, one on, you know, one on one, but nice. you know, put, yeah, put the, put the microphone to them, ask them yeah. some tough questions. And it's all about the, the business of landlording in the second half sort of thing. So it's a bit of a different conference. Mm -hmm. We try to get some investing in there, but like Ottawa Small Landlords Association, it's, it's primarily about the business of landlording and maybe 10% of investing. Got stuff. it. Got it. So yeah, it's good. So how's yours going? Are you planning something soon? With what? Just With an event. Just events? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know what? We started doing some events. Uh, I showed myself in Lee. So we have that midterm rental company. But aside from that, we were just like, we're like, let's do some events. I'm not part of the right club anymore. I, you know, I had to mm -hmm. make some choices, but I still mm -hmm. like the in-person events. So the three of us um, host them in Burlington uh, every so often. So they're fun. And then there's going to be events at the resort, uh, which will also be amazing. But um, for, for your association, where can people find more information on that? Uh, they can go to Facebook and just Google or Google. They can go to Facebook <laughs> and, and search. You, can you Google on, on Facebook? Uh, yeah, you search uh, Ottawa Small Landlords Association. Go yeah. to the group. You have to answer the questions uh, because we do check uh, to make sure that you are a landlord or that you're involved in the real estate industry somehow, some way uh, before approving the request. So just fill up the questions and uh, come on. It's a different group. It's not a lot of... Um, uh, we, you're in there and it's not a lot of, um, complaining. Are you talking about the Ontario, like, like tenants and, and landlord association group It has like thousands of people and it's mostly like tenant based. Yeah. That one's yeah, not very, those, nice. those ones are like toxic. Yeah. Very, so very toxic, but I love searching if yes. someone's applying like a tenant, I want to make sure they're not in that group. 100%. A hundred percent. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I left that group. There's like two or three of those groups out there. Yeah. And I've, I've left, uh, I've, I've left them all. They were just they too were, much. They uh, were, they were basically pro tenant and we were the evil, evil yes. landlord yeah. and stuff, you know, yeah. but, but I'll tell you, I keep them handy. Cause I, I still want to know what they're all kind of talking about. And I know it's, it's toxic. So I don't do it often because it makes me angry. Yeah, that's right. Um, but a good screening tool to also check to make sure your tenants are not on that in that group. 
and what they're posting. Like, what are they, what yeah. are they saying? Right. It's, it's okay if they're in there, but it is, what are they contributing? I prefer they not be in there either though. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. It's like a, that's, that's a check mark there. So in, in, in Oslo, at least it's, it's not a lot of, um, no, you're mostly I try not like to... landlord help and assistance. And it's like, actual yeah. discussions, non-bashing, yeah. which I like positive. Yeah. I don't want like, to get into, and the LTB, everybody, I know, we know the LTB is a, is an issue out there and there are other groups right out there. Yeah. There's Kayla's group, there's solo out there and they're advocating LTB reform. And our, our vision down here is more municipal. Uh, but you can't avoid the LTV, right? No, it's, a, no. it's there. And I would but... say, I would say for people here, join both groups, right? Kayla's group, which is Ontario Landlords Watch, and your group. Uh, and I think, I think for, from a landlord perspective, you're going to have a definitely a good grasp on good coverage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And at least yeah. it's going to be landlords helping other landlords versus right. like, yeah. you yeah. know, if if you give your opinion and your point of view as a landlord in some other groups that are tenant run, you are going to be like ousted, like yeah. in two seconds. Yeah, <laughs> and in Oslo, you you might end up seeing a lot of just. Just so people know, you're going to see a lot of football memes. You're going to see a lot of food memes when you're in our group. It's just the way I roll. Like it's it's got to be food based or football based. So that's that's the way it goes there in Oslo. So we try to try to align it that way, which is fun. You know, it's not all serious, and sometimes we try to celebrate other people's wins as well. Awesome, I love it, Tony. Where can my listeners find out? Reach out more. You know, or reach out to you if they wanted to find out more. Oh, Facebook. Facebook, social media, uh, Instagram, um, Twitter, I'm not on as much, but if you want to drop me an email, Tony at TonyMiller.ca. Perfect. Now, you're obviously uh, the founder of the uh, Ontario, uh, sorry, Ottawa Landlord Association, but you're also a realtor. So if people do want to work with you from an, a realtor standpoint, is that also the same, the same way to contact Same thing. You? Yep. Okay. Great. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks very much, Tony, for being on. Really hey, great to see you. I feel like this is your first podcast in a while, right? You said you're like you're, you're uh, this podcast is the first you haven't done in a while, so I'm I'm excited to have it you, is. Yeah, have you back. Well, <laughs> I'm glad to be here. You're, yeah, it's been a while since you've I've been done, super done busy, this. right? With like running your groups and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's great awesome. talking with you, Sarah. Good awesome. Seeing you. Thanks so much, Tony. Okay, peace out. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.